We are... Oddsman! Hey guys, Ogre Barbarian here, also known as Brett. With me today, we have... Hey guys, this is Daniel, also known as DP0427. And we are the Oddsmen. Unfortunately, Doombox is unable to join us today. However, we have some special guests with us today. Hey guys, this is Hate Mail, also known as Hate Mail. I'm, uh... Unfortunately, Slow Beast wasn't able to join <laughs> us because he's uh, obese and, you know, can't get out of bed. Hey guys, sorry I couldn't make it. Uh, fortunately, life got in the way, but... Did want to congratulate the Oddsmen on their first year. Uh, it's really amazing accomplishment. Congratulations, guys. Hey, guys, this is Kage, also known as Kage Ufu. Hi. <laughs> and you guys are, we are legends, obviously. So let's go ahead and get rolling right into it, I guess. DP, take it away. Yeah, just to remind you guys, at the end of the show, for all of you, all of you guys who are listening live, if you haven't already joined, we'll have a giveaway at the end of the show. So you can still have a chance to join in the giveaway by becoming a $1 or higher patron on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theoddsman. And also, since Doom, unfortunately, isn't here with us, uh, Hate will be taking over his parts uh, for the character breakdowns. So the first section that we have up today is going to be the Here Comes a New Challenger. Well, for today, we're going to first talk about Giganta, who is actually a little better than I originally thought she was going to be. I've been using her a lot the past day and a half, and she's pretty strong character. The Legendary Order, just to get into the Legendary abilities first, her first ability, the Titanic Smash, is does true damage, which is pretty awesome, but it also allows her to gain four taunts. The Titanic Smash... Her first ability, which I would recommend you taking first. I know some people were a little iffy on it, but she's she's pretty tanky. She can actually take a pretty decent beating. Some of the stronger energy characters will sometimes melt through her a little quicker than you would like, but she's a little tankier than Lobo. She gains four taunts with her first legendary, and then being able to do true damage, she actually does pretty good damage. And some of the matches I was doing on the villain blitz, I can usually one-shot Harley Quinn if I have Steppenwolf on the team. So that's... That's pretty this awesome. This is actually power three, right? Yeah. Her third ability, you the kept Titanic it, You kept calling it one, so I just want to make clarify. It's early, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's early. That's why I want to make sure that everything's clear. This is the first power recommended to take. It is ability three. Ability, correct. The second ability that I would take would be her fifth ability. I'm the toughest. That causes her to use her growth spurt, which at the beginning of battle, which gives her the stamina and agilities that she needs to be tanky. Because before I had that ability, I know she would go down a little fast, and I could see where if you'd kind of been testing her out early on, and you hadn't had that legendary upgrade, she will die to a double shot from a power girl, or at least lose most of her life. But once you have those two abilities, which I feel like are the two core abilities that you really need, she can actually take a pretty decent beating. Third on the list that I would take would be her growth spurt, which is her second ability. And that's if she's taunting, it increases her buff duration, just to kind of keep those extra buffs. I know some people are worried about Wonder Girl, because right now buffs are a detriment. But honestly, Giganta can survive her 
pretty well. She doesn't she doesn't she doesn't get killed too quick. Now your energy characters unfortunately will usually take a beating if Wonder Girl is there whipping along. But Gigantic can one shot Wonder Girl too, so keep that in mind. Her fourth I would take is the Giga Stomp, her first ability. That causes her to use her growth spurt if she's below thirty percent health, which you don't get as much use out of it because you obviously want to keep her as healthy as possible, but when she does drop low, it helps keep her alive. And then last, I would take the look at me, which is the also applying three agility ups to teammates with below 40% health. Once they're below 40% health, only having a 30% damage reduction to physical damage really doesn't seem that great to me. So that's why I would save that for last. And I think those agility ups only last one turn. Yeah, I haven't taken that one yet, so I can't confirm that, but that's what I've heard as well. Have you had a chance to play with her at all, DP? Yeah, um, personally, I haven't had a chance to play with her yet, mainly because I just got her from uh, the last PvP week, so I actually haven't even geared her yet. But just looking at her on paper, she looks interesting. I've come across her a couple of times in PvP already. The one thing that I have to say about her is just like, man, she's a really big character. And (laughs) it gives me a lot of hope. I love it! Yeah, it gives me a lot of hope for like those type of ginormous characters in the dc universe right so but the only thing that's kind of i guess the fact that she's so big that she has to be kneeling because otherwise her what's it, what's it called uh, her her health bar would be off the, the model screen. would be off the screen yeah it would be too far off the screen right so that's kind of something that i <laughs> wish they would have found a way to like tweak so that she could be standing and still be represented but i kind of i thought that maybe she should be the size of like uh what's his name manhunter zero right Manhunter Zero is pretty much big enough for any character, I think. Like, she's bigger than him, and that's fine, but it's kind of weird that she's always kneeling. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I really love her animation, and I love. I just. I heard the character of the whole, I just thought I was just going to gear out, even, at, even though I was a little unsure how good she would be, um, which I'm actually pretty happy with how she turned out. But mm-hmm. she's. I mean, she's not one of those must have characters, but she's a above average character, I would say. And I always like extra taunting characters to have more flexibility. Yeah. I was actually surprised. Speaking that... of animation. Yeah. There was already a change to her animations. I was just going to say that. So, yeah. We was... didn't cover that at all. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So, the one thing that I thought was kind of weird uh, when Kage brought it up actually in, on Reddit was they changed her, can you hear this, to Titanic Smash. And the the animation is like her make, doing a jump, like a giant stomp. And like ripples to the ground and hits the the one character. It's like an elbow drop. Yeah, but the the best description of the previous move was uh, Kage. Kage put it. What, what? How did you say, Kage? She just yells at you, and you die. <laughs> <laughs> she yells That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, I, it <laughs> you kind of to die. It kind of reminded me of the Silver Banshee move, right? And that actually is a lot funnier to me than the than the, the one that they have now. It's kind of more generic. But that's probably why it changed, is because yeah. it looks like some of the other animations for other characters. Yeah, maybe they didn't want to get flack for that or something, because they kind of did that with Power Girl and other characters too, right? So, anyways, well, that's like the only thing. But it's not like a major thing. It's just, a, I guess, an aesthetic thing, I guess, right? It was literally just an aesthetic thing. The move does the same thing. Yeah. Hey, Ogre. Do you think that uh, once you get her geared out, you're going to make a series on uh, Giganta? Call it uh, Death by Snoo Snoo? <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious, but I'm not really sure yet. Uh, right now, I've only got her at Gear 4, so I'm still playing around with her in lower PvE stuff. I haven't really tested her a whole lot. 
She's a lot of fun to play with, though. I will say that. So, <laughs> that, well, since she was going to be the focus of the next regular We Are Legends episode, maybe that will be the show title. <laughs> we- <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Anything else you guys need uh, want to say about Jagana? Yeah, I got your thoughts. I think uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see her one-shotting blues. Um, I think that gave her an extra point over Lobo because I. I made a comparison with her and Lobo, and I thought Lobo was going to be better. But then you realize her stats are better than Lobo, and she's an extra taunting character. Why not just have her in your arsenal? So I think that's really good. Yeah, something to point out, if anybody doesn't know this, uh, Jagetta actually has a striker gear set, meaning that she would follow the same rules as like Robin or Red Hood or any of the other you know, striker characters. She has those kind of stats from her gear which means she has higher strength and higher agility base and then, or from her gear, and then her base stamina is actually insane, and that's what gives her her tankiness. So she has everything. And then she has a higher crit rate, too. <laughs> so Yeah, and then she has a higher crit rate and pretty decent crit damage on top of that, yeah. So, so I mean, so what, she does have some very interesting choices that were made, clearly, so for a reason, straight. because they wanted her to hit hard and still be this massive tank. So let me get this straight. She's got a lot of strength, a lot of agility. She's got a huge HP pool based on her like base character stats, and she's got a high crit rate. Yes. Yes. There's nothing to not like about her, and she does <laughs> true damage. Nerf. And, 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 and she, she has abs, so that's one reason. She does that. have abs. Death by Snoo All hail Snoo Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Any, anything you want to say uh, about that, about Jagana? Hey, before we move on? Nope, I'm covered what I needed to. Right. Uh, one other, actually, one quick thing. There was a team I tested that Kage wanted me to try out that had Hippolyta, or Hippolyta, or however people want to pronounce it, um, as lead. And that actually works really, really well. I haven't posted the video to you yet, Kage, because I don't think you were awake when I tested it this morning. But there's some really interesting stamina up teams you can do with her. Oh, uh, M4 wanted to do Ares lead with her, too? Yeah, I can definitely see that. I actually thought about doing Hippo and then Ares as just a regular teammate and then <clears throat> just stack the stamina ups. What do you think of pairing her with Ares and Poison Ivy, where Ares' stamina ups are permanent and can be passed to her to give her even more HP? On top of that, Ares is going to gain strength ups consistently, which will also proc her agility ups. This seems pretty interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting teams to be had. I just started experimenting, really, today, um, heavy weather. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun team crafting with her already, and I haven't even sent you any of those yet. So, like, look for those here soon, probably. Oh, yeah. While you're here, you said Hippolyta lead. Was it with... Did you have DOJ as a teammate as well, by chance? No, I didn't try that one. I did Hippo, Snoo Snoo. What else did I use? That's what we're I think I used, now. I think I used Power Girl. <laughs> that's, that's what she is. I mean, come on. And oh no, I used Supergirl and I used Wonder Girl. I was trying to make a team that's really annoying on defense. <laughs> that that sounds like a little annoying team. But the idea that Kage was going with is that DOJ can pass those permanent stamina ups to everybody and continually boost their power. Also, DOJ will taunt while she's above forty percent health to protect the team, and then once below forty percent health, she'll stop. But Giganta will kick in and start protecting the team. 
Yeah, no, I, I, the, I like the idea of using because I thought about that with Power Girl. Power Girl usually starts with a taunt and then it falls off, but that'd right be be right when Giganta kicks in with her taunts. So there's there's a lot of interesting teams to be had with this, but I like the idea of DOJ because of the stamina ups. I think what we need is not just uh, Wonder Girl to be purging everybody, but we need more characters with buff immunity or to be able to place buff immunity for these type of taunting like teams. The fact that like one one person like taunts and then as it drops another person taunts and another person taunts, I can see that being really annoying. Get your true sight ready, boys. Yeah, I hope they <laughs> they bring out more characters with true sight because we only have a handful, like less than a handful right now, actually. So, yeah, like I think two. we're at like four. Yeah. So four. Yeah. We have Red Robin, Superboy, Etrigan, and Silver Banshee. Oh, I forgot about forgot forgot Etrigan had suicide. How do you forget Etrigan suicide? So good. I thought That's you were going to say so Silver good. Banshee because nobody knows that she has it. I don't well, even know that she a, has it. Never all five. Someone someone has to die. You have to have a character on your suicide. team die. Yeah. Oh well, I yeah. try not to do that. There you go. <laughs> well, obviously, but I mean, it is one thing that she can do. Yeah. Right. Etrigan rarely procs that true sight, so I never get it. He procs rarely. He, he procs That's all the time. Get- Twenty five percent, dude. Come on. On his turn, yeah, but with if you're playing against like Swamp Thing teams or uh, like Grundy or oh, or something, you get yeah. you get it for free, right? So yeah, there's the secondary part that says if somebody revives, it automatically happens. Yeah, you get it for free. Oh yeah, <laughs> it happens enough. It happens a decent amount. So. And when you're facing him, he always has it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah, Permabuff. But I think the idea was that it's Lobo's revive because. When he revives, he taunts. That's what Etrigan was designed to counter. Yeah. All right, we're, we're getting way off topic here. Let's let's move on. <laughs> right. We are. All let's right. let's uh, move so on. We're going to move on to the next section, which is uh, Nip Tuck. You got a little more work done, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. Just uh, tweaking, tweaking. Maintenance, maintenance. That's hilarious. So now we're going to talk about Supergirl. Yeah. And um, I really like this rework. I know a lot of people were not as high on her early on, but I think quite a few people have come around the biggest changes is that her leadership no longer grants the tremendous amount of strength ups which before she was kind of a high damage character and her boulder slam was kind of what what you brought to the team have her come in get a bunch of strengths up then nuke the entire enemy team which before we had a physically dominated meta but her leadership is no longer a leadership it's just a passive which basically her role is to just provide the negative critical damage and then also her boulder, which still does okay damage. It doesn't do a lot. You really want it there just to reduce critical strikes. But the biggest change and the one that really makes her a very powerful character, especially in what the meta had currently been for a little while, was that her basic applies a two-turn heal immunity. Is it two-turn or one? I can't remember. I think it's one, but it's on an AoE. Yeah, it's an on AoE, and it provides, with the legendary upgrades, it provides two crit chance down and heal immunity. So having heal immunity on a basic attack is very strong, and they up the damage, so it's not pitiful damage. It's not great, but at least it's you know halfway decent. Well, it's still an AOE. Exactly. So I've been I've been really high on her. The main upgrades that you really need on her is just her basic. If you have her L one, you're pretty much set. You don't. The rest of her abilities are okay, but there's nothing that stands out on her legendaries. So you can kind of go with whatever you think is best. Um, her two, which used to be the strength of hope that provides death immunity and no longer provides it across the entire team. It only applies it to one random ally on this legendary upgrade. So that kind of was a little bit of a, a nerf on that part. 
But overall, if you put her on your team, most of your characters are not going to get nuked right out of the gate, which makes certain teams particularly annoying because whenever you need to get rid of a Wonder Girl or an Etrigan, when you use Red Robin to buff Hired Gun Deadshot or a Strong Red that would normally kill them, Supergirl can usually keep them alive. Constantine. Yeah. Speak, speaking of which, like her, the fact that she's not a, no longer a leader actually is a huge benefit to her on teams right now because one of the teams that I have really hard time going up against, I call girl power because everybody on the team is a girl. <laughs> Literally, because the, it's a Batgirl lead with Wonder Girl, Power Girl, and Supergirl. <laughs> it's the four girls of the game, right? And uh, one of the strategies to dealing with that used to be, well, with Bat Batgirl lead teams was to bring Steppenwolf, but because Wonder Girl's on the team, you can't really bring Steppenwolf anymore. So what you have to do is probably figure out a way to snipe down, what's her name? Wonder Girl. So you probably bring Deadshot Higher Gun. But the fact that they have Supergirl there to protect Wonder Girl, uh, it's really hard to just one-shot sniper now. So that's probably like the hardest team I've come across right now if you're not going with a sort of debuff strategy. Like if you're going for a hard-hitting offensive strategy and not like sort of a slow grindy strategy, it's a very, very hard team to take down. So yeah, girl power team, look out for that. <laughs> I, I can see why you guys who play that, you know, high-powered offense would be worried about it. <laughs> I, on the other hand, do not care because... I play that slow grindy game all the time. I love it, and it works for me. But as far as Supergirl goes, she has a lot of interesting synergies, I think. One thing to point out is that her basic, uh, now with Legendary, makes Dr. Fate absolutely insane. So Because you can just bring out all those heal immunities to everybody, and then he's going to have the chance to proc and blast them out of the water. It's just it's so much fun to watch that happen. Just <laughs> And character's gone. So, I mean... Uh, I think Dr. Fate is going to pull his way back in a little bit. He's definitely one of those characters that is very underrated and very underutilized, I think, by a lot of people because he also has multiple heal immunities. Uh, so if you're worried about rezzing, uh, you just bring those two and you're good. And they're both really good at protecting the team because you also have uh, Dr. Fate's shielding that he grants, which also provide hit chance up, which is really good against those evasion teams as well. But I think Supergirl definitely has a lot of... Uh, a lot of things that can be explored yet. We haven't really explored her for full potential yet, I don't think. I also think that Raven's another really good pairing for her. So, I, I had a team I was running with a Raven lead and Supergirl, and that, it works extremely well. I'm glad to finally be able to bust her out. Yeah, it seems like a really good, powerful team to, to go with. So, uh, there, Like I said, I still think there's a lot of things that we haven't even explored with Supergirl yet. Just because her leadership got changed to a passive, there's so many options for her now. What do you think, Kage? I think she's kind of a must-have if you want to make a tankier roster, really. But that's about it. Okay, fair enough. Just a disclaimer to everybody. It is very early in the morning, and Kage and I got six hours of sleep. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, anything else? About- they had a rough night. <laughs> anything else uh, about Supergirl before we... Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> this is PG, PG. <laughs> Death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> I will say that the devs did a really good job shaking up the meta this month. Having fun seeing those uh, Clayface Swamp Thing combos 
Hold disappear. Hold that. We'll move. We'll move into that right now. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna. On that note, it's a good transition right. to good get into the arena. All right. So as far as it goes, we have had a huge meta shift. Everything has been shaken up thanks to Wonder Girl, the free character this month. She has absolutely destroyed what was the meta and is currently in the process of creating a new meta, which I know I've said this previously about, you know, state of the game and everything, and more true now than ever, literally anything is viable. If you want to play a character, now is the time to do it. Build a team, go out there and have fun. The meta is wide open, cracked wide open. You cannot get a better time to play whatever character you want. Unless they use bus. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. <laughs> well, no, because Wonder Girl's not on every team. She's not on every team. She is once you climb up to the top 100. Of teams. She's on well, that's, teams. that's top 100. Nobody cares about top 100. You guys are all jerks. <laughs> no, like, I think right now is the safest time it has ever been for anybody to play whatever they want. You're going to find a team at some point that will allow you to play literally whatever you want on your board. Like, I have been so just random teams have been everywhere popping up just like crazy so take your time to experiment now if you're gonna do it uh yeah who, who wants to talk so okay I'll, I'll just bring it up like the stuff that's on the community drama bit about wonder girl so there's a lot of people there the whole drama around her is the question of whether or not she's overpowered like we don't we won't argue the fact that she's shifting the meta that's definitely you know the case but the fact that for example uh, there was obviously a problem with the way her passives were triggering, and I think that has been dealt with. Now, overall, there was some talk about people saying that maybe she needs a nerf in terms of her overall damage, or maybe just the fact that her passive uh, shouldn't be doing as much damage as maybe her using the lasso actively, for example. Or maybe there should be like ways to counter her proccing her, her passive on your turn, because I think uh, M4 was saying on your guys' last uh, podcast how she's the first character to actually uh, check a state and do something on your turn, right? That is the first character to actually do that, right? So it's uh, no one knows what to do right now about that whole thing. So people are crying for nerf or damage nerf or something like that. So what do you guys think about that whole debate? Well, well something I, I want to point out real quick, just... If you don't have the buffs to trigger her double damage, she doesn't hit that hard to begin with because a lot of times when she triggers a double damage, she also has a critical along with it. So just something to you know keep in mind. If you don't rely on buffs already, you don't see her doing these crazy numbers. I mentioned this on the previous podcast, but I do think that her passive ability is a little too strong. Because it makes any energy character that if you ha if you have a buffing character, which is I would say the vast majority of characters in the game rely on buffs to a certain point. Bleeders are probably the one exception. There might be a handful of others, but there really isn't that many characters that don't. She makes energy characters pretty much irrelevant. 
Like, you don't even think about them when she's on your team. She wipes them out pretty fast. Like, beyond even Etrigan level, which is I didn't think possible. Well, it's probably due to her gear set, too. She's going to have a higher strength than a typical blues. So let's let's play devil's advocate here. So let's say we do want to like sort of fix her or nerf her a little bit. How would you go about doing it? So some people were saying, as I just said earlier, uh, tone down the damage on the lasso or turn t- tone down the damage on her passive uh, lasso. Or I think the passive lasso is the the best option without neutering her because she's still removing tons of buffs. Which most characters, when they have an ability like a stun or something, they comp- they're com- they have some kind of compensating. You know, they do lower damage or some other have they're super squishy. There's some some reason to be allow allow them to do that. But she can just remove buffs at will and still does. Wonder Girl damage. is super squishy. Yeah, eh, I mean, she's she's pretty squishy. She's not overly so. I mean, she'll die to a crit, but you can't. I mean, she's like, still she goes down pretty fast. Like yeah. I've had her die in two Lobo basic attacks. Well, uh, here's the other thing that I was thinking. What if we changed her gear set? So make it so that her overall damage is a little bit lower by changing her gear set. Would that be a good option? Or would that But just, that would know? just change her crit rate. Oh, that's true. So that could make it worse. I think mainly that's the problem though. It's her crits do so much damage. So when you're when you're facing her and you're bringing energy characters, your energy characters just get obliterated because defensively they have such a high crit rate. All right. Well, So basically at this point the consensus is if the passive red something of deal 85% basic damage and has a reduced crit rate, then everything should be pretty much solved at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a good, fair change-off. Yeah, but she doesn't really, really crit that much for me in them, ever. Yeah. And she's yeah. like full, full max capacity, so I never see her crit that often, but that could be just be my RNG luck as a player. I mean, the other thing about her is like, there's other characters like her in the game i guess the one th- the one character i'm thinking of right now is terra that had moves that uh procs aoe's like that and they i don't think there were any characters that actually did exactly the same amount of damage as their original aoe i think maybe actually the one exception i'm thinking of right now is uh silver banshee actually but the the way to get but Silver Banshees wasn't guaranteed even maxed out it wasn't uh, 100% right the fact that you're getting 100% guaranteed uh passive proc is oh that's the other thing i think of. what if you turn the passive to no longer be 100 percent? what if you turned it down to like slightly lower like 85 75 percent would that make up for it or is that still too good i, I think that'd be decent but once again the defensive ai is going to <laughs> always get it <laughs> always do it i mean i you know when i face <laughs> the the computer i don't have as big of a problem but my characters are L5 level 80 mm-hmm. more often than not. Mm-hmm. But I can see on my defensive log that people really struggle against Wonder Girl. It's because she's forcing them to think in a different way that they're not used to. Like, she brings in an entirely new strategy because she counters their strategy so hard. Yeah, I'm with Ogre on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, let, let's see what we've learned here. People don't like to think and yeah, they just like, they just like to cry wolf and call for nerfs. Well, Welcome I mean, the internet. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I think there's nothing wrong with slight balancing. When you have a character, when you have characters that come in, that there's no reason to use another character over them ever. 
Like, I, I can't see any reason why I would take a different character other than Wonder Girl to 99% of my See, I would never use Wonder Girl, but I have a completely different strategy, and she doesn't play into my strategy at all. I don't care how many buffs the enemy team has. Like, that's just my strategy. So I think the problem is is that people are reliant on one strategy of this get-it-done, hit-fast, hit-hard, no-mercy, Cobra Kai BS. Like, (laughs) get over it and be the Karate Kid. (laughs) I will point out that someone on Reddit made a post saying that um, the core, the foundation of DCL is buffing. You must buff to make your character worth it. That was or, Fry's. I think that was the argument. That was Fry's. Was I it? completely disagree. That is yeah, not the core of DCL. There is a very actually slim chunk of characters that do it. It's about a third of the roster that actually buffs. We've we got to put uh, pencil to paper here on, on that kind of thing. So maybe this will be something we'll, uh, we'll take up. I, I will check through that, and I'll I'll get it, the answer to you guys in a Reddit poster at some point. Yeah, okay. Uh, hopefully today before I go into work. But if not, then tonight. Cool. Uh, but I will actually check all, all 90 whatever characters that we have okay. and double check how many actually rely on their buffs. Cool. Some homework for Ogre. All right, cool. Uh... So other than the Wonder Girl drama, um, any other things you guys want to talk about in terms of the arena? Well, we have those blitzes and challenges going on for Nightwing shards as well, uh, as well as the gem blitzes for the villains Uh right now currently going on. Uh, I know a lot of people are really excited about these things, and as am I. These things are great. They're amazing. I think everybody's going to be happy that these continue, and I know I am. So looking forward to the future as these continue to happen. Uh, I know Nightwing isn't somebody that everybody wants, but you also have to take into consideration that the Titans month or the Titans event is going on with the release of Teen Titans Go in the movie theaters. So this was the way for the developers to get Nightwing into the hands of newer players who just didn't have him so that they could at least try to compete in this event. Yep. Now, um, I'm super I the villain blitz has been really fun just because it I like that they're making it completely different where you know, the meta that you're seeing in the villain blitz is very different than the meta you see in the yep. traditional game. Partially because Wonder Girl isn't there, but... <laughs> it, it's still Harley. Um, you still see Harley, but I'm see, actually seeing a lot of Doomsday, which really surprises me. Yeah. And mm. I've had Doomsday actually really? be a little bit of a pain. Yeah, I, I, I came up against, against a, an oldie but a goldie, the Deathstroke lead Doomsday Grundy Lobo team. Right and yeah, all gear, oh, gear yeah, 11, all gear eleven, well, all all that like all bad guys all the time. <laughs> well, the thing is, you don't have Red Hood. The certain the normal counters that you have, they're not there. So you're seeing different things kind of crop up, which I really enjoy seeing, and I I hope to see more unusual, unique types of things like this in the future because it's 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 really fun and refreshing when you're playing. Yeah, yeah I also, think these blitzes definitely open up things for everybody because it takes away the staleness of seeing the same teams over and over. That's for dang sure. And a question we have for you, Ogre, since you may have additional insight, and we we do know that the Deathstroke event, the, what's the name of the event? Teen something? Titans Go? No, not Titans Go. Yeah, the Teen Titans Go event or whatever it is. Titans supposed Go to be, for it. Yeah, it's supposed to be one of the most challenging events they've ever done and there's supposed to be interesting rewards that even veterans will like beyond just the deathstroke shards any additional insight you're able to give us on that at all ogre or no did we even cover the fact that i went to wb on friday 
We're going to we do didn't. that later. <laughs> oh, okay. So do we want to talk about this now or later? I mean, let's do it later. Let, let, just let's, this particular uh, man. As far, as far as this particular question goes, I didn't ask about it. I didn't talk about this one at all while I was there. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay, well, one last thing before we move on. Um, as we're talking about the uh, the PvP blitzes, the the gem blitzes, I guess the one thing that uh, that hasn't already been said, or maybe has already been said uh, in a previous podcast, is that if it's not if it's not at all obvious to newer players, it really behooves you to really have a more expanded roster to get the most out of these challenges, the most out of these showdowns. Because if you're focusing, for example, all on uh, you know a certain type of affinity or only heroes or only villains, you're probably going to miss out when these type of events roll around. So try and diversify, but obviously don't uh, stretch yourself out too thin because you also want to have a core of uh, strong characters as well. So uh, it, it right. I think I think something to point out here is that we always advise keeping twelve characters, mm-hmm. not four. You yeah. don't want to have just four characters. You want to have about 12 that you're gearing out and leveling up, you know, evenly. And obviously that'll put you lower than your player level. And don't worry about that. You will catch up eventually uh, because eventually your player level will cap out. So just focus on around 12 characters, you know, different affinities, different, you know, hero villain statuses and different things like that. That way you can compete in all these kinds of events exactly. because... If you only have four, you're never going to be able to compete in anything effectively. Here's the other piece of advice in terms of gearing. When you're working on, let's say, those 12 characters, you know, maybe let's say your current gear is gear 10. You can work on other side characters, but not those that are not those 12 characters. And let's say you want to get them up to slightly below where your current max is. So if your max is gear 10, let's say you aim for gear 8 or gear 9 on some other side characters. So that way, when the event rolls around, that uh, you have at least a few characters at medium strength that you can at least compete a little bit with uh, so that you're not really handicapped, right? So that's sort of the same idea. Like for me personally, my max is gear 11. I only have a handful of gear 11 characters, but I have almost my entire roster at gear 10. So I'm not saying you have to do exactly what I'm doing, but you know, it's a strategy that will help you have a more diversified roster when you need it. Yeah, I think I want to say too is that I know a fair number of people who are entirely too worried about who's meta and who's not mm-hmm. and i think these pvp showdowns help you to really think outside that box just to say it to like, say it tier lists are bad the people who create them are bad <laughs> focus on whoever you want to play have fun this is a game yeah. have fun hey now i was gonna make a new tier list soon <laughs> <laughs> you're bad you're bad, you're bad. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, so let's move on uh, to the next section then, alright? So that means it is the Event Horizon. We talked about the gym blitzes and the PvP stuff for events, but now we have had the Wonder Girl Challenge, both of them are open. The second one was very hard. Those minions hit really hard. I actually lost Dr. Poison in the last node to the last two minions. I'd already defeated Wonder Girl. The last two minions double shot Dr. Poison killed her, and she's full gear 11. I was just like, oh, what? So really confused me on that one. Um, But yeah, the minions are hitting a lot harder than they used to. So the events are getting a little bit harder. You know, So that's something to keep in mind. They are getting harder. And then we also had the the Terra challenge, which 
you know, hopefully you got a chance to get your Terra to a good point. She's a good character. Yeah. Offers a lot to your team protection. And then obviously we have the Titans Go For It event coming up, which currently is billed as the hardest content ever created for the game. It also has a very limited roster. I think it's 10 characters can enter into this thing. Do we have that list by chance, ZP? No, I don't have it offhand right now, but it's it's all the Titans. <laughs> it's all the Titans and Deathstroke. Right, but the, okay, so the, the Titans... Can I hear it a second? Okay, the Titans that were like specifically not necessarily ones that people would think about, uh-huh. I think were Supergirl was one of the big ones uh-huh. that you can use in the event that you wouldn't necessarily think she was a Titan, but she is. And then I think it was like Blue Beetle, Raven, Wonder Girl, Nightwing. Shoot, I'm forgetting who else was there. Um, but anyway, there's like 10 characters that you get for the most part. Uh, they're all really good. It's just people don't necessarily use them because they've all been outside the meta for the most part. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what people do with this event and how they react to it. I know not everybody's you know super hyped about the Deathstroke shards, but literally... This is supposed to be the most challenging content they've created, so I think a lot of people are going to miss out on this event just because of the Deathstroke shards. Yep. And it's making me sad to think that because, you know, this is something really super cool that we're going to get, and it's only going to be open for six days. Well, there's so... supposed to be rewards that we're supposed to be excited about On that note, if you don't need Deathstroke shards. Did you guys see the update in the, in the recent update? If you look at the Titans Go panel uh, and you click on it, uh, it'll, it now shows Deathstroke shards and life and death rings there. We don't know if they're guaranteed or not, but they're, they're listed there. So, yeah. So- and there was also uh, Essence, XP, and Gear, I believe, were also available. In the announcement, right. So the one thing that uh, we're hoping is that all that stuff that they're adding in for us, is, hopefully, is guaranteed, at least for the first run. So that'll give people incentive to run, it, run through it. So that's, that's my main uh, hope. Yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how it goes because as of right now, I'm wondering just how far, you know, how high rank you need to be, what gear level you need to be. Because obviously right now, gear nine can pretty much complete any event. Yep. If you at gear nine or better, you can pretty much complete the event. Yep. So I'm wondering if that's going to be enough. Like, I don't think it will be. Also, there's 10 nodes and it says an increasing, uh, you know, legendary or increasing rank required for each node. Does it require L5? I hope not, but, you know, it's one of those things that the community is speculating on, because we just don't know. I really hope it's not required to be a certain legendary rank or gear level. I just hope that it's hard enough that you have to be to survive it in late, late, super late rounds. Like, that's, that's right. really that's, what I want to think. That's, I think, the legendary rank was the only one that we were really concerned about. Gear rank has never been one of those things that they've had there, but it does have increasing rank required. So that's why people are speculating, does it require L5? Because it just happens to be 10 nodes. I think it's going to be kind of a throwback to the DOJ-style hero challenges with the increasing ranks. So that's what I think. You need like Legendary 1 to complete node 10 or something like that. So you need like a certain amount of like ranks to be able to complete certain nodes is what you're saying, right? Yeah. All right. I could see that. Well, yeah, it definitely gives that vibe. It's just, you know, will L1 be enough or will it require L3 or L5? You know, we don't know because it doesn't really specify that. I really doubt it'll ever do, L5 will ever be a requirement because what percentage of people will have enough L5 characters to play at that, you know? It'll be like the 1% and most of them being owls. (laughs) 
UGLA. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying uh, so for this event, um, the one thing that I'm thinking, like I'm probably gonna play it even though I have uh, enough shards for an L5 Deathstroke, but I'm gonna play it because it sounds interesting. I think now with the limited roster that you have, it's 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 giving me a throwback to the very back in the day, the Captain Cold Hero Challenge. You guys remember that one? The Captain Cold Hero Challenge was one of the hardest hero challenges, I think, maybe the hardest hero challenge ever. Do you guys agree? Was that was that the one yeah, everybody Kage, was upset about? Because yes, it was, like, Cold was the one everybody was upset about. Yeah, it had a super, super limited roster. It was very, very limited. And the characters that... I think it was only like 10 or 12 characters. It wasn't big. No, it wasn't that much, because I, I think it was five, because I remember looking at it and thinking I didn't even have enough characters for it. Yeah. So I couldn't field a four-man. It was more than five, I promise you that, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, but it's hearkening back to that, right? Because about ten or so characters, a dozen or so characters, is basically that challenge all over again, right? The only thing is this time, you know, the prizes are obviously different, and the difficulty may even be even harder than that one, because the hardest part of that one, I remember at the was the last node, was uh, Captain Cold and Reverse Flash. Like, they just combo together so well. And if you didn't have the right characters, you basically needed Captain Cold to to beat his own challenge, right? That's what that's what I remember. So Yeah, it was one of those things where you had to bring Terminator Control, and he was, like, the only one that was available for it. Yeah. Uh, someone actually posted that one. Uh, there was Flash, Green Arrow, two Green Arrows, Mirror Master, Supergirl, Captain Cold, Reverse Flash, Hippolyta. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight characters. Eight characters in that one. Beautiful. Jeez. Yeah, I remember that because I didn't have... I had the two arrows, but I didn't. I never geared Flash. And the Mirror Master was rare. Supergirl at the time. Like, all these characters were... And then Supergirl was rare at the yeah. time. So then you well, just... Well, she had been an new, event. Yeah. yeah, and then the other three were new characters. So yeah, there was only only five characters that were not the new ones. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, like, let's just hope that with the amount of characters that we have access to now, and it should be enough to, to get through most of the, the things. So the other thing I'm, I'm hoping for is that the challenge isn't neat. Like, you can get a lot out of the challenge without actually having to complete it. That's what I'm hoping. And it'll give people a reason to keep running through it. Uh, let's say you get through half it or three quarters of the way. And like, let's say you get stuck at node 10 or something like that. But it, the fact that you can rerun it and get as far as you did each time, and you can still get something out of it, that will make a great event, I think. So I just hope it's not like, you know, you, you have to get very far into it to get a payoff. You know what I mean? That's what I, I hope. Yeah, if it's reward structure is set up the way that the Wonder Girl, the 10 day hero challenges are, you're going to need to complete it to make anything worthwhile. So like the first couple nodes aren't going to seem worthwhile, but I hope it's, I hope you're right. I hope it's a little bit more uh, like static. Not so. What I would actually like to see is have the shards for Deathstroke kind of be more weighted towards the early parts because the majority of players that are longtime players don't need them as much, but the newer players want them, but then have the other rewards scale up more towards the end. So that would give a good blend. When it gets really hard, the rewards that the vets care about are towards the end, etc. Cool. That would make a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we move on? Let's keep chugging. We're almost over an hour in now. All right, so let's move on to, where are we? Shop Talk. Uh? 
All right, so shop talk. Let's see here. So first things first, we got some bug fixes in the latest update, uh, quote unquote bug fixes. <laughs> the first one, uh, well, I guess the biggest one that they claimed to have fixed was the cheat death related bug fixes, with, namely with Clayface, uh, Catwoman, Penguin, etc. Uh, and on my notes here, I put fixed with a question mark. Um, apparently, well, Clayface got his nice big new buff. That's what <laughs> so to to get into that more, first of all, <laughs> the cheat death mechanic. That let, let's just talk about the cheat death mechanic for a second. So for those of you who were living under a rock and don't know what we're talking about, before um, every time you would kill death, or every time you would kill Clayface uh, after he revived, most of the time he would. Uh, clap and then sort of do his cheat death mechanic and still be there and the game would be uh, the battle would be over and you get defeated right even though all your now that's still that's specifically revolved around him reviving thanks to swamp right, Thing, correct right. so yeah so that was sort of him coming back after he and then cheating death again so uh basically what happens now is that with the new fix, he claps even though he's supposed to actually trigger his cheat death mechanic, but he'll just die now. And then apparently he goes invisible and does his roar of the monster, his buff move, over and over and over again at the beginning of each character's turn, or each of his allies' turns. So pretty much uh, that means they get uh, infinite invisibility and infinite agility ups every turn. Yeah. I really don't care. The- dead man or some other character like that have an ability that obviously not that op but have an ability where when they die they do something to help your team each turn or something that would be really neat <laughs> that would be super cool yeah i actually had that come up and and won because i was playing with all special damage so the agility didn't actually matter so the fact that everyone was invisible was actually helping me because you could actually attack everybody <laughs> so i actually uh, won that battle, but uh, I could understand how people were getting upset over it because you can't actually kill them if they're having infinite agility ups. But, uh, yeah. Um, then there was some quality of life changes. Uh, there was the replay button added to uh, multiple upgrade missions. I believe every upgrade mission so that people who are running through it manually without speed forcing it, you could actually stay... Uh, you could go right back into the um, the battle screen uh, without having to go out into the the map and then clicking back into it. So it's less clicks overall. I think it's one or two less clicks overall. But Hooray! It's, it's something that, that everyone's pretty much been asking for, right? So, yeah. That was a huge thing. And then there was the whole controversy over rounded counters. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know... Uh, a lot of the currency and um, other number, general numbers like trophies in the game have been rounded to the nearest thousandth, I believe. So let's say, for example, uh, 17... It's not the nearest right. thousand. So 17... It is actually the floor. Right. So I was going to say that, right? So 1700, for example, would be 1.7K. But uh, we've been showing that it's not actually rounding, it's flooring, which means, for example, 1,699 would normally be rounded to 1.7K, but it's actually rounded to, or floored to 1.6K, meaning even if you have higher, like even if you're closer to the higher number, it'll round down all the time. So this is really bad in a lot of senses, especially if you're actually keeping track of certain currencies, right? You want to know how much of certain currencies you actually have. 
uh, to pay for certain things, for example. Another, another place where this comes up is trophies. You want to know uh, how close you are to the next cutoff, for example, whether it be uh, top 1,500 or top 100. So the only, character, the only players in the game who actually can see their full trophy count at any given point are the top 100. Right, you, you know, actually get to see it at the end of every battle, right. technically. But saying, you'd have to remember that. You'd actually be in aren't the those the only ones that matter anyway? <laughs> Shut <laughs> your <laughs> face. <laughs> so yeah, we have that whole issue, um, and I believe you know hate mail and M4 and you guys. You guys had some a lot of conspiracy theories on your last podcast. Uh, you guys want to share that uh, just briefly for the viewers or for the listeners? Well, we we thought that possibly. And we'll ask Ogre about this later, but we thought possibly that Gear 12 might be closer than we originally suspected because it didn't make a lot of sense as to why would they why would they even add this? So the two predominant theories that um, M4 and I had been contemplating were that either they're trying to make screen space so that they can add another resource or inflation. And that would mean numbers becoming so large that they would have to condense them down. So then we thought, well, what would, why would they, why would numbers suddenly get so much larger? And the only thought we could have would be possibly that Gear Twelve could be on the horizon. Yeah, I think, I think personally, like the out of the, and the community let out a collective wail. Yeah, I mean, I think out of all those theories, I mean, both of them are fine. The one thing that makes the most sense to me, from a sort of developer standpoint, from is probably the idea of screen real estate, right? So freeing up space for more screen real estate makes the most sense to me. We don't know for what. But let's say they introduced a new currency, for example, uh, that could be interesting. So let's say it's something that worked towards a shard exchange or something. That would be cool, too. So that actually opens up the possibilities to something more positive. So maybe something that uh, we've been asking for and they're going to finally implement it, right? So uh, so maybe not. we don't have to freak out about it too much. But the one thing that I do want them to fix if, we, if they can in the next update is the trophy count. You don't need to round you know, four or five numbers. And the gems. Yeah, sorry, gems gems too. You should probably need to know how many how many gems you have, more or less. Exactly. Well, one suggestion for that would be if you could just, you know, hold down on it, it tells you yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. That have would be a good fix. Have like a hover thing, right? So that would, that would work. So other than that, in terms of shop talk, the only other thing to talk about that came up for me personally was the uh, Martian Manhunter thank you pack. Uh, it was about $50 uh, that offered uh, 100 shards for a tenth and 10,000 gems and 10,000 legendary essence for 50 bucks. It's a pretty good deal overall. Uh, it's not as good as the overall $100 packs for the $100 character packs that are uh, given out each month for new characters. But I will say that it is the best thank you pack personally right now for Martian Manhunter because it, he's a, a very hard to get character, especially for those who are definitely newer newer players. So if this does come up for you, I'd probably jump on it if I were you. It's kind of like on and the same the same line as the the Superman packs, but you know you can access Superman shards a little bit easier than Martian Manhunter. But you know it's still necessary. really he has access where he's not actually available right now. Well, I mean you can you can get Superman through the what do you call it those uh, uh the missions the account the by doing the, the campaign, the right? Campaign, but that's right. just unlocking him. That doesn't actually rank him up. No, no. I, I, I mean, well, you can actually. I guess you can access Martian Manhunter through Alliance packs too. But, anyways, there, there is s- slightly less access to Superman currently, but he has been accessible previously. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, 
Uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta remember teams. where new players are at in this. I think fair enough because new players, Martian Manhunter is available, Superman is not. Right. So it just depends on, and I think that's part of what the if you look at the way these deals are going out, Superman is being presented to like newer or lower players, I should say. Whereas the Martian Manhunter one is for more well, high end players. Actually, actually, there's a there's a division in those packs. Actually, so I, I pointed this out before. There's two, two or maybe even three types of uh, these thank you packs because they come in different sizes. And a couple of alliance members and I have noticed the differences because we have in our alliances in particular we have some semi whales, we have dolphins, and we have free to play players. So. Some people have noticed, for example, like a $5 pack. Some people have noticed like a $50 pack and or a $60 pack. For example, there was one for uh, Deadshot Hired Gun before, one for Power Girl, one for Superman, and now for Martian Manhunter, right? So the scale of these packs, we believe, now this is the sort of tinfoil hat conspiracy theory thing that I was saying before, is that based on your current, uh, I guess, category uh, or expenditure, whatever what you want to f- uh, fall into, if you are a free-to-play player, you're most likely going to get the cheaper offers. And they're going to give you lower shard counts, lower gems, but obviously the, the entry point is going to be a lot cheaper, right? Just sort of get your foot in the door. Let's say you're someone who's who's spent a little bit of, of money throughout, you know, let's say the last couple of months. They're probably going to offer you something in the uh, $25 to $50 range because, you know, they know that's probably something that you might consider. But if you're a big whale, they know that they can count on you to buy the paywall character every the, the paywall character pack pretty much every month, like hate does. Uh, and <laughs> so, why do they need to keep shelling out more thank you packs to you? Which is ironic because they should be thanking those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see the thank you blue whale pack. As a note, I'm considered a guppy. I think I usually spend maybe. 10 to 20 dollars here and there not every month but enough to where i am considered a guppy i guess uh i haven't seen any thank you pack at all yet okay hmm. maybe you are you're slowly in you're slowly edging into the uh the whale category <laughs> maybe that's what god i hope not <laughs> uh but yeah i'm probably in the same i guess placement as you are and i've i've seen the martian manhunter pack and the superman pack i actually skipped on the uh, superman pack because i got him to l5 recently so actually i got him to to l5 with thank you pack now that i think of it yes actually that 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 is right so that's what i did and with the martian manhunter pack i was considering it but i only want martian manhunter to l4 and i'm only about 30 shards away so i didn't want to get 100 shards and have access so yeah but anyways, yeah, these packs, for those of you who do see it come up from time to time, it's very random. It only lasts for a day, so uh, and most of the time the deals are really good. So if I were you, I'd consider it, definitely. So anything else uh, that you guys want to talk about in terms of the shop? Anything that comes to mind? Okay. I'll have some stuff to say when you start questioning me, but other than that, no. All right, so our last category here, uh, which is probably going to be where we're going to spend the bulk of our time, is going to be the Community Watchtower. Wait. You mean we're going to take the Watchtower out of orbit and drop it right on top of their little science project. So the Community Watchtower, the first topic, the what I have under my notes here. The favorite child gets another visit to the candy factory, which means Ogre's second visit. How am I favored? <laughs> How are you not favored? <laughs> I live two hours away, that's why. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Ogre gets another visit to Warner Brothers San Francisco. So we're not sure how, what we can ask you about. So what do you want to 
What can you tell us about it? You guys can ask me about anything. It's just what I'll be allowed to say. All right. So as per usual. Before we ask But I'll just go ahead and and state that on Friday, what was it, the 20th, I think, I actually went to uh, Werner Brothers for the second time. Mrs. Ogre got to come along this time. They had her sign in India as she got there. We were immediately greeted by Stanner, taken back, and I got to talk with uh, Sean, who's the lead developer, uh, lead designer, character designer. You know, we got I got the one-on-one with him quite a bit, and uh, Stanner and Mrs. Ogre kind of, you know, did their own tour and different things, that you know, because she's never been there. So I focused more on, on talking to Sean about, you know, what the player's concerns are, what they had planned for the future, kind of stuff. So I got to learn a lot. And then we had lunch, and we got to play with the new characters for August. They look gorgeous, and they're going to be very exciting characters. I think people are going to be really excited for them. You know, so it's one of those things that I'm I'm really hoping people that if you just hold off a little bit longer, stuff's going to happen that you're going to be really excited about. If you're thinking about, you know, maybe dropping the game, just give it a little bit longer. I think you're going to be really excited for a lot of the stuff that's coming down the pipeline. So now do we have like a certain timeline as far as new stuff is coming along or can you not share that? All right. So as far as a, a specific timeline. There isn't any specifics yet, but what I was told was, keep in mind, there's two things that are right around the corner as far as in terms of this year. Uh, one being that DCL hits its two-year anniversary on November 2nd, so keep that in mind. Yay. They're probably going to have stuff ready by then to come out to us. And then the second date to keep in mind was that they want to have special stuff for December for those big holiday sales and stuff like that. They want to have good stuff for us then. So those are the two big time frames to keep in mind before the end of 2018. Okay, cool. So what do we want to ask Ogre? Did you get to ask them about Enrage becoming a buff? I did. And the short answer is it is a complicated game mechanic that they would be able to turn it into a buff. So it is not likely to ever turn into a buff. They're just going to leave it as something that the player has to take into consideration. Okay. My question would be the what we addressed on the last podcast. Do we foresee Gear 12 sooner than later? Gear 12, when I asked them, was immediately debunked. The reason reasoning behind the change to the you know display is actually not related to that. However, it is potentially related to larger rewards of some sort. Ooh, interesting. I, obviously, I don't know a lot of the specifics. That's pretty much all I was given. So, you know, just there's so something coming with a really large off. reward. Screen real, estate. screen real estate seems to be more the direction than if Gear 12 is not. Yeah, I would say that that's more likely at this point is that they just they have a lot of things that are going to be happening soon that we don't necessarily know about yet, you know, but it's not gear 12. Don't 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 stress about that. (laughs) What about a PVP, uh, the trophy counts uh, as far as changing it to a static count? Do they say anything about that? Yeah, I, I brought up. That you know, at least the trophy count, and he and he agreed. You know that yeah, they need to fix that one. Uh, you know, and then I brought up the gem thing, and he said, yeah, we'll probably change that one too. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's something that they know 
because obviously the devs do play the game too. I just want to you know remind people of that. And they're like, oh yeah, we probably shouldn't have changed that one. Okay, cool. Was there anything in specific that because I I know that you were there to 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 interview the developers, right? The lead developer. So what exactly was the the premise? This is going to be on their next podcast, I'm guessing. Yes, while I was there after lunch, we recorded the next episode of the official podcast. So you'll be able to get hopefully a bunch of the interview questions that I asked them. Obviously, we're going over some of those questions right now, also. But you'll actually get to hear the direct answer that he gave me for these things too. So if I paraphrased or you know misspoke, you'll be able to correct that when the official podcast drops. Cool. What was that a PvP shop thing you were talking about uh, before the podcast? Oh, I had suggested a storefront the same way that we have Alliance storefront where you're able to pick and choose, you know, the deal that you want. Oh, man. I, I was suggested. I suggested that to them for the, the battle essence. The limited offers, the limited time offers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. The, the like, oh, I see Aquaman. I'm going to buy Aquaman. Or I see Martian Manhunter. I'm going to buy Martian Manhunter. Like, I suggested them doing that for the PvP packs as well. And they kind of, they seem like they like the idea. So why not, right? Just gives people a more. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, because if you look at the two currencies, I actually went over this in the, one of my resource management videos. There, uh, the currencies are exactly the same rate, just ten times more in terms of alliance uh, essence versus uh, uh, arena essence, right? Or so basically, all you have to do, or battle essence, that's what it is. So all you have to do is just take the same denominator and divide it by ten, and there you go. And there you have limited time offer uh, shop ready to go. Funny enough, they just call it red essence. <laughs> they just call it Reddit. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's what I should call it. Like, uh, to be uh, fair, when I'm talking to them, like, I have to kind of pick up on what they're saying because their lingo and terminology is different than the player bases <laughs> a little bit. I just abbreviate things based on what they actually put out there. If they want to call it Red and Blue, it might as, just, it might as well just be called Red and Blue and be done with it. No, I, I understand, but I'm just saying, like, they do call it a little bit different, like, uh, powers and skills and different things, uh-huh. and legendaries, and, like, all the things that we refer to. They have slightly different terminology and naming. Like, when we say take a power at a legendary or use the point on it or whatever, they're talking about ascending, <laughs> and stuff like that. It's really, it's just interesting to hear them talk about it. It's, it's really cool. I've noticed that word ascend come up. I think in uh, some of the, uh, the descriptions, the the posts that Stanner and previous uh, community managers put out before. I've seen that before. Yeah, when you ascend to legendary. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're referring to. It's interesting. It's not the first time I've heard that. So, cool. All right. So maybe they are run by aliens. <laughs> 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 Where that came from? Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, uh, now that you bring that up, though, I do want to actually mention that keep in mind that you know WB Games San Francisco is a little subsidiary company of WB, so it it does actually share resources through all of WB International. Uh-huh. So I know we've had a lot of problems with like QA and bugs and stuff like that. QA is one of those sections that is actually shared through all of WB. Yeah. I'm sure customer service so, is also... So what you're saying is... There's and like customer support, too. There's like one QA guy for everything. I wouldn't say there's one QA guy for everything, but it's not necessarily dedicated yeah. to VCL. It's probably not the same people in the same office. That's the other thing, so... Yeah, I don't think there was anybody in the office that actually is QA specifically. I think those people are based out of somewhere else. 
I think a lot of people, especially who aren't familiar with uh, this type of industry, they believe that like the game developers take care of everything. Uh, they don't realize that, for example, the shop is probably run by the marketers and uh, customer services. The shop is run by the marketers and the marketer, yeah. they are on site for the marketers. Yeah. But there's like four or five different games that are developed at the right. studio and the marketers run all of those shops. Right. And I work in this type of business, too. And people often think because I work in this the in like one department i can they tell me i need to they want something done in a certain area that i can walk over to that department like hey john can you do this for me no because he's not in my exact like vicinity where i can walk over and talk to him i have to go like to a different floor to a different office i have to like call people and arrange a meeting it's not easy <laughs> these, these are big business yeah it's a really complicated thing people just yeah. don't understand how these businesses work yeah. people believe that the devs control everything and that's just not how it is they're there to fix problems the reality is they only control a little bit okay well enough of that uh, technical talk i guess Anything? Well, I mean, it's good stuff that people kind of need to know. I mean, I think they need to know it, and that's why I wanted to share it. Yeah, I think more people would be interested in it than you'd think. Okay. Maybe that, that could be another uh, thing that you could bring up the next time you're there. Uh, can, can you give us a breakdown of the WB hierarchy? <laughs> well, that's what actually prompted this was that I asked, you know, how many people do you have per department? And that's where the idea that shared Fair enough. Uh, capability came in and it's like we don't actually have control over a lot of that stuff so that's why I wanted to share it because you know obviously I didn't know that you know so I you know as me being surprised by it and I feel that I'm fairly well informed so I would you know like to pass that on to everybody and make sure everybody's informed so how much control do the devs actually have over the game they have control over the game itself like you know the bugs and the characters and the events and all that other stuff they have a lot of control over that it's just you know certain things aspects like qa and uh, customer support and stuff like that are part of the larger company okay all right let's see what's next on the uh, the list so i guess this is the big uh, meat and potatoes part of the show so the this being the supposedly supposed to be the august episode but it's actually the 12th episode so this is our anniversary episode of the show and why we're doing the crossover with We Are Our Legends. So what I'd like to do at this part of the Community Watchtower is let's talk to the We Are Our Legends crew. And in their sort of uh, interview usual format, let's start with hate mail, I guess. You're the guy who started it all kind of with slow. Tell people uh, how long you've been playing the game for and how you got into the game. I think I started playing the first week it was released. I honestly don't remember because I have no memory of that time period. Yep. But I know it was Slow's idea to start the podcast. He'd actually listen to me be a guest on you guys' show, and that's kind of how that's exactly how we are a legend started. Mm-hmm. He'd been we'd talked about making a podcast for years and we just never had something that we were both really into that we really liked. And I really wish Slow could have been on this episode actually, but he had a lot of personal things going on in life, and now he's he never was in, as into the game as I think the four of us have been. But I mean, he enjoys the game, but he's not hardcore. He doesn't play like we do. So he it was more he wanted to do the podcast than he wanted to actually be committed to the game. It was funny when he heard the podcast, he had actually quit playing DCL for a while. We talked about the podcast and we talked about doing this, and I was like, "Well, I you know I'm super into this game. Let's do it." And then he goes, "All right, I'll start playing again." And then that was kind of how how it formed but yeah i've been playing ever since the very beginning i wasn't in the beta but i was at the within the first week i'm pretty sure 
Well, why don't you talk a little bit about your uh, your history with DC, I guess, or with uh, comics in general? Believe it or not, I was more of a Marvel fan before this game. Uh, um, I, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I'd always read all the Marvel comics, then I started watching the show. Then the Marvel comic did that. They did the where they had to change all the characters and the they did all the big changes and everybody just it, it just it was garbage. So and I kind of just started getting into DC comics when this game came out. So I'd started reading a lot more of them. I'd read Flash and you know some of the popular storylines in the past. But then when I started playing this game heavy, it got me really into the DC mythos. And then I went hardcore and started buying every comic that they released probably for the last three years. Maybe maybe two and a half. So I got in the DC just before I started playing this game heavy. Cool. All right. Thanks for that. I guess we'll move on to Kage again. So let's interview you. I guess tell people when did you start playing DCL and what got you into the game? And uh, tell us your history with DC and comics in general, that kind of thing. Yeah, I started playing around DOJ month. I think I joined like a week after her launch. And... I just got into the game because I was researching some comics and because uh, Wonder Woman at the time was pretty big and I just wanted to get into Wonder Woman material and the comic story and was like, yo dude, play this game, it's pretty cool. And I'm like, what? This game is boring. What? So I started playing, I got really bored, went and played on and off and here I am now, just kind of just, I'm more into it for the community. I'm not really into it for the game because I don't know. I find grinding really boring and re- you know speed forcing these nodes really boring. But besides that, I've always been um, more of a DC guy. I only care for Wolverine for Marvel, but I think that's it. Yeah. Always been a Batman, Wonder Woman kind of guy. It's my thing. Okay, cool. All righty. Ogre, anything else you want to ask these guys? I think you pretty much covered the basics. I mean... All right, cool. So when we talk about, I guess, that's the DCL-related chunk of it. Let's move on to sort of... Oh, well, I, I guess I got one thing. Sure. Who are y'all's personal favorite characters currently? Oh, good, good question. In-game or just as a overall? As a overall. Both. That's tough. <laughs> I think in-game, right now... I got to think on that one. Okay, okay go ahead. <laughs> uh, my favorite in-game... Under the bus! <laughs> Jessica Cruz. Ooh. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I I just put her my as my profile pick, and I know that if I level Starfire to L four, I'm like, no, Starfire pick, no. In comics, I think I like Wonder Woman really well. You in comics, it's pretty much Starfire and the entire Green Lantern universe. Cause I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, mm. but in game, probably Starfire is up there. But I, I think the character I just have the most fun playing. Weirdly enough, and I use tons is Shazam. Ooh. What? <laughs> it's kind of- anytime I make anytime I make a team that's not you know I'm testing something or doing something is I usually have Shazam on my team. I would that's I would have cool. figured a very underrated character. I would have figured Catwoman would be your your favorite. She was for a long time, but I really haven't used her much lately. I don't know why Shazam's kind of replaced her. I think after, ever since the Deathstroke nerf. A lot of people just fell off the map. <laughs> so I guess let's try and think of something non-DCL related to talk about. Well, I mean, I guess sort of DC related. I was going to move on to the next topic being uh, new TV show and movie trailers. So did you guys see the uh, the Titans trailer? The trailer of the, the TV show Titans? 
I saw it, yeah. Okay. So what do you guys think of that? Starfire looks like a hooker. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> I can't disagree at all because I am so disappointed with how Starfire looks. Yeah, Just like to be fair, to be fair, the premise of the show is supposed to be that only Robin is actually an established hero. The others are not. So I I, I get that they don't actually have their, you know, superhero you know, outfits or anything yet, yeah. but she looks like a hooker. And uh, to, to be fair, it's, it's Dick Grayson, really. It's not even Robin, right? It's Robin making the transition between yeah. Robin and Nightwing, right? I'm guessing. Yeah, and I'm really confused where the attitude that he has is because Dick never really had that attitude. It was always more Jason that did. Yeah, like, so I was really confused when I saw the character. I'm like, oh, it's Jason. Wait, no, it's no, Dick? What? Uh, here's here's a bit of a spoiler. If you actually look at the credits on um, IMDb or on Go- if you just Google the, the Titan show, uh, you'll see that there's a, a Jason Todd character as well. So there's going to be a Red Robin, I believe, So somewhere in there. Uh, Red Hood? Wait, Jason Todd? Yeah, sorry, Red Hood. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, uh, Tim. You're thinking of Tim Drake. Yeah, I'm thinking of Tim, sorry. Yeah, Tim's so. the one with the attitude more than anybody. So. No, t- Tim is the nice guy. Tim is the nice one. He's the nerdy one, right? He's not the- Tim, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Not- Jason, Jason's Jason the one Todd. with the attitude. Yeah. Jason Todd's going to be the one who's like the dark one going after Joker type of thing, right? But uh... Yeah, that's why I was so confused in the trailer. I thought it was Jason. The way he was acting and like what he said and everything, I was just like, "Oh, yeah. it's Jason." And then I found out it was Dick, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, because Nightwing is supposed to be, you know, Batman's best buddy, right? Like, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, he was he was the original Robin, and he was supposed to be like, you know, he actually enjoyed Batman, you know, and it was like, I was really confused as where the where the attitude was coming from on this one. So to be clear, so what we see from the trailer, for those of you who haven't seen it, you'll see. Uh, what's his name? You'll see Dick Grayson, uh, quote-unquote Robin slash Nightwing, uh, Raven, Starfire, Beast Boy, and I think that's it so far. That was it. All you get that was Raven it. was the only one that looked have been... decent. You see some of the villains too, right? Yeah, Raven looked decent, and then honestly, Beast Boy, depending on how his animations for his yeah. transformations look, could be really cool. Yeah. The one thing, like, I was saying, we were, we were just talking about Starfire earlier. I was surprised that they casted an African-American as her. Not to say that she can't be African-American because she's an alien. I actually wasn't surprised on that one. Really? I thought that she was going to be sort of like a Hawaiian chick or something like that. That's what I kind of, that's the sort of I can see that too. in my mind. As I have the whole, there's two Starfires, right? You have the, the Teen Titans Starfire, like the sort of cartoonish, really like, you know, uh, hyper, like, Orange. Kind of, like loves unicorns type of character, <laughs> uh, and then you have the the character that's sort of from the more mature Justice League ish type of animated series, right? So the, those two Starfires is what I base my Starfire image on. This one's very very different. Yeah, it's kind of weird for me. So, what do you, what well, do you no, have? the actress they have playing her wouldn't have been bad except for the makeup and wigs and crap that they give her oh, look okay. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's like, why does she have the curly hair versus the long straight hair? Let Let's hope it's just bad CG, and then like when she's not in battle scene, she'll look okay or something. You know. Well, no. The funny thing was, her CG actually looked really good. It's just like the way she looks as a character just looks way off. Okay. I get you. Kage, any other thoughts on that? Hot garbage. <laughs> Hot garbage. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this show because I watch all of the shows, but I don't like know. I'm gonna give it a chance because yeah. like honestly, the one thing that'll salvage it for me is the fact that it's TVMA. Yeah, 
The other thing, the other thing is that when I look at all these shows, especially the CW shows, they're all first of all, all the CW shows are filmed in Canada in Vancouver, so they have a very low budget. That's the first thing you know right off the bat. But let's compare it to, for example, Krypton. Krypton is a, not a CW show; it's a sci-fi show with a bigger budget, and you can definitely see the difference there, right? Now, I don't know. Yeah, it's a really what, good show. I don't know what studio is taking Titans because it wasn't clear. They didn't show sci-fi or CW or whatever. But I noticed that it was all filmed in Toronto this time in in Canada. So now the CW shows are all filmed in Vancouver, not in Toronto. So if the fact that it's filmed in Canada means the budget's probably a little bit lower than something like Krypton. But the fact that it's not filmed in Vancouver like all the CW shows gives me hope that it's not another CW show. So... Especially with the fact that, you know, it's TVMA and not like PG or PG-13 like the other shows, right? Let's hope that it's uh, somewhere in between the CW and the, the sci-fi show. That's, that's sort of my, my take on it. What else is there? What's kind of strange, though, is they have the low budget, but I've never met a Canadian who's not rich. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're rich. <laughs> Everything's low budget. I'm Canadian and I'm not rich. But that's because I, I, <laughs> you live in Japan. I live in Japan, so that's a different reason. <laughs> well, you had to leave Canada because you weren't rich. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just discharged. <laughs> in fact, there were some Canadians last night when we were waiting to eat dinner and we were talking to them, and I've never met one. Never met one. <laughs> There's a they were buying their second floor to home. <laughs> what's this all about no one no canadian actually says a boot (laughs) at least at least yeah these are french canadians so they definitely weren't but (laughs) Uh, don't get me started on on quebecers so (laughs) i i speak french every day at work so but i don't speak i'm not from quebec so i don't speak with uh, that accent so uh we uh, we have a different uh just for people who don't know if you're from America, it's saying that, you know, everybody speaks English and then going to the South and realizing that's not actually true. <laughs> Fair enough. So that was the Titans trailer. Did you guys also watch the movie trailers for Aquaman and Shazam? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, I am really excited for Shazam. It looks absolutely hysterical. And yeah. Aquaman looks like it's going to be so badass. Mara looks amazing. Yeah. Mara's hot. <laughs> yeah, Mara's hot. Well, that too. <laughs> Dude, I really hope that they bring out like a Amber Heard version of Mara into the game. That'd be cool. Ooh. So you're saying like a what they did with Jason Momoa, but for Mira? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would be more inclined to get the villains from the movie, but I, I can see where you're going with it. Orman, no, I know, I know, I know she's probably not in the pipeline, but that's probably a wishlist character I'd have. Mm. Okay. I mean, that was sort of one of my guesses too. So when I was, uh, when, when someone put the trailer up and then we were talking about like potential, you know, Aquaman month, right? So my, my guess was they're going to either rework one of the Aquaman, probably the Jason Momoa Aquaman, and then probably he desperately rework, needs it. They might rework. I wouldn't say he desperately needs it, but he does need yeah. tweaks. Yeah, they might also rework Old Mira and Siren, one of those two maybe, but I could definitely see Aquaman taking it over one of the other two for sure. I really hope they don't touch Mira though, because she's really good as she is. She doesn't need really any work. But no, you know, no, I think she needs no. She needs a rework. They what they need to do is change her avatar to uh, mm-hmm. that of Amber Heard. 
Okay. <laughs> oh my god, get over it. <laughs> Cosmetic. That's where we have cosmetic rewards yeah. and portraits. Skins. Oh, I have answers on that one too. By the way. Oh okay. yes, um, tell us now. Just listen around. Oh, yeah, we actually we skipped. Yeah, we did. We didn't get to that. So yeah, is there going to be skins? Okay. No. Boo. No. <laughs> here, here's the reason. When the game was originally designed, that was not a consideration, and the engine that currently runs the game cannot transition easily. It's not like the the engine for Injustice. Boo. Boo. Can we get toggles at least? Uh, I I don't see it happening. Boo. So basically, we have to wait for DC Legends two. Boo. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I would quit if those DC Legends two. <laughs> well, I mean, DC Legends had better be dead for at least a year before that happens. Yeah, they don't want to cannibalize their sales on both games, right? So they have to try. And no, it would right. be like and, just, Justice went on forever before Justice two came on. That's fair. Right, and the servers are still running for Injustice One, as far as I know. Yeah, they exactly. are. But it's just. Okay. But something else that was brought up while I was there is that because they're hitting that two-year mark, they're considered ancient by mobile game standards. So really. So well, okay. Let, we're getting a bit off track here. Let's go. I guess back to the Aquaman Shazam. Uh, but this is this is a good conversation that we missed. Yeah. <laughs> so. All like, right. we're at the point of the show where it doesn't matter what we talk about anymore, I think. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I want to I wanna, I wanna say my piece on uh, Aquaman and Shazam a little bit, though. So, yeah, yeah. Say your, say your piece on that, <laughs> and then we'll move on. All right. So, Aquaman, Jason, Momoa char- Jason Momoa's character looks like it's getting funnier in terms of not just, like, the, com- the comedic sense, but the movie looks fun. The movie looks like sort of a, a, throw to, a throwback or, I guess, a, a reference to sort of the, the Thor Ragnarok type of comedy. I hope, at least I hope. Like, you'll see the sort of... Well, I mean, to be fair, that's where his character kind of has been. Right. Like, because he gets onto the roof with the Justice League and he's, like, dressed like a bat. I can dig it. Yeah. And he kind of goes in that same line with in this trailer and he's like, redheads, gotta love them. Yeah. Well, I, also, it was like, that was the worst pep talk ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he has some great one-liners that are in the trailer. If you haven't yeah. seen it, they're absolutely hysterical. Yeah. So... That that part of the movie, like that aspect of the movie, is really what's getting me hyped for the movie. I really want to watch those type of movies that have like you know it's going to be action packed, but I'm going to have fun. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to. I'm not just going to be there and watch like an action movie with with superheroes. I'm going to be there. And yeah, and at this it. point, I wouldn't be upset if they took a page from Marvel and right. just kind of followed their their mantra a little bit on the movies. I don't want them to go crazy, like yeah, you know, make it a comedy, but. And then, like, on yeah, the sh- don't don't go full buddy comedy like Thor Ragnarok. Keep that darkness that is the DC, you know, there. But the snarkiness is where Aquaman should be. That's I, I like it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, comic relief is always a good thing. Now, here's the thing that, about the director, James Wan being the director is sort of what I'm worried about. I'm wondering like where he's going to take the direction of Aquaman because this, all of this has to be pieced back together in the next Justice League movie, right? So. Uh, because we had Josh Whedon and Schneider for the Justice League, and then we have Juan doing Aquaman, and we have, I forget the name of the guy who's doing Shazam, we have different directors for each one, so their vision is going to be different every time. So Schneider is going to have a lot of work cut out for him, piecing everything back together, right? So I'm hoping... I think Schneider got booted from Did he? WB. Did he get booted? Like, yeah, I remember hearing that from someone somewhere. Oh, okay. So does Wait, what? take over? 
I thought he just retired because of well, he didn't retire, but he he dropped off Justice League. Because he, he stepped back because of the family issues. Yeah. issues. Right. I remember he stepped back, but I think uh, they were looking for. I remember reading about they were looking for a replacement for him. All right. Well, okay. That that was on that note. Did you guys hear that James Gunn got released from Guardians Three? Oh, really? Who's James Gunn? <laughs> the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. I wonder what the. Yeah, I don't watch. Yeah, he wrote some tweet or something that was offensive or something. And it was years ago. Yeah, everybody's offended by everything now. So yeah, it's two thousand. Well, no, I know. I I get where it's coming from because it happens to be. You know, how does this reflect on Disney? We can't really have that, so we have to let you go. I get where that's coming from, but I just I was really surprised. Hopefully, DC picks him up. That would be cool. I would love to see them pick him up. Although I'm not sure if the the contract that he had with Disney, where he can't work with a competitor, is still in effect. He probably does have that, like the the non compete type of things. That's what lawyers have too. But uh, the idea is that, like, well, that's that's something that every anyone who signs on to the MCU has that. Yeah, I I can imagine. Well, I haven't I haven't seen the tweets. Apparently, in chat, they're saying they were really really bad. So maybe okay. maybe it wasn't it, maybe it wasn't just the knee jerk reaction to something minor. Okay, well, who knows? Could be a bunch. Yeah, of it probably wasn't too minor. <laughs> there you go. Well, maybe there's a legitimate reason why he's no longer there. So, but uh, well, I mean, to be fair, again, it was ten years ago. But <laughs> at the same time, you can't have it reflect on Disney like that. Fair enough. So about the Shazam trailer now, Shazam again, like Aquaman, this is another one of those movies where I'm just gonna. This, this might even be the opposite. This might be where I'm not going into the movie expecting a, a big action-packed movie with with some comedy and some lightheartedness. I want all the comedy, all the lightheartedness out of this movie. And if there's some action, great. Because yeah, it's that's not what the trailer movie. looked like. Yeah, yeah, that's what the trailer looked like. <laughs> it looked absolutely hysterical. Just because he is a little kid trying to figure out superpowers in a grown man's body. Yeah, it's Chuck. Chuck from Chuck. Yeah, it, it <laughs> should be a fun, lighthearted movie. I mean, that's that, I would expect no less from Shazam, and I'd be disappointed if it was a dark movie. Casting Zach Levy. I would. I would be very disappointed if it was a dark movie for their first one. Whoever, whoever decided to Captain cast Marvel has never been. I'm sorry, Shazam has never been a a dark character. Yeah. Unless you're talking about the Injustice, Justice Lords or whatever. But like that's about the only time that he's ever been dark. And even then, he's not even that dark. Can I just say the guy who suggested Zach Levy audition for Shazam, he needs to get a raise. Because he's probably the best character you could put, the best actor you could probably think of right now as a Shazam. Like Shazam character, like the adult Shazam. So... He buffed up. Yeah, like Chuck's awesome. Chuck is so funny in Chuck, and I can imagine him being great in this, you know, in this role too. He'd probably just play Chuck as Shazam, you know, so it'd be awesome. So, okay. And the other thing about the Shazam movie now, again, like I was talking about the, the TV shows earlier, Shazam is filmed almost entirely, like 90% of the show, 90% of the movie is filmed in Toronto again. So another reason why I bring this up, not only just because I'm from Toronto and I love Toronto, <laughs> but it's also because other famous comic book movies like... Hashtag Home Turf. Yeah. A lot of famous movies like, say, like a lot of the Marvel movies, like the old Hulk movies, uh, some of some of like the Spider-Man movies and so on were filmed in Toronto too, and they didn't do so great. The, the original Hulk movie was bad. <laughs> yeah. They didn't do so great. And normally when you have to pick a, a Toronto or a Canadian uh, place to film, it's probably budget restraints, right? Now, obviously from the CG and the stuff that we saw in the, in the trailer, it looks pretty good. So let's hope that the, 
it was the budget choice or sorry, the, the the scene and the location choice wasn't really a budget constraint but i could definitely see that being an issue so if it i hope that it's not i'm hoping it was more of just they wanted that location to represent yeah. where he's at yeah. I, I that definitely could be the case so the one thing that i thought was really cool though was that when you see billy batson in like the high school scene and uh like when he's going through the high school his high school is my brother's high school <laughs> it's one that's block, awesome it's one block away from my house <laughs> so that's awesome so yeah that the, the shazam trailer looks good one thing now this is a bit of a spoiler but i guess not really a spoiler because for those of you who are looking into the cast and following a lot of the famous actors on twitter or social media a lot of people have been following dwayne johnson the rock uh because he's slated to be um black adam but i believe that it's been cleared up that he's not going to be in the shazam movie he's going to have his own standalone black adam movie but that doesn't that isn't to say that Shazam isn't going to cross paths with Black Adam. He's just not going to cross paths in this movie. So, yeah, it's one of those things that like people will expect Shazam and Adam to come together at some point. Yeah. It's just not in this movie. is yeah. is kind of already been ruled out. So, so with that being said, if we know that he's not going to fight Black Adam in this movie, who do you think is going to be the main antagonist to uh, Billy in this movie? They showed the bad guy. I just didn't get a good look at him to see who it might be. Did you guys? Yeah, me neither. Yeah, like he goes to punch him, and the dude catches his punch. Oh, it's like that. It's that uh, like white bald dude, right? With like the weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was him. Yeah, yeah maybe it's white bald man. White bald man. <laughs> <laughs> it's cue ball. The answer is last. Random thug thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, but Shazam looks fun. Definitely a lot of fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But unfortunately, we have to wait till uh, April <laughs> for that. So. Oh, I thought it was a Christmas movie for some reason. No, it's next year, man. Well, that's Aquaman. Yeah. So for those of you who are waiting for the uh, the Shazam reworks or tweaks again or a new Shazam or a new Black Adam, you're probably going to have to wait a good long while. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, Aquaman is scheduled for December and then Shazam yeah. is much later. I could definitely see them doing like an Aquaman theme month even in November, like leading up to the movie to hype it up, right? So it's sort of like... Oh, absolutely. So It's what they did with Wonder Woman. Yeah. You had Hippolyta yeah. come out the month before and then you had the full Wonder Woman month. Yeah. And even I'd though, love to see another Aqua theme month. Yeah, and we, we've technically had like two Titans months right now. Well, like right? so, players are waiting for Aqua month just for, you know, Black Manta and Ocean Master potentially, you know, being added because yeah. pe- those are characters people really want. Do you think they'll call him Ocean Master, or do you think they'll just call him Orm? I think it'll mostly be Orm, and then they're at one point, he'll call himself Ocean Master. Ah, okay. Cool. Or Master of the Ocean, or whatever. He'll, he'll, he'll make a reference to it, but I'm pretty sure they're probably just going to call him Orm or Brother, right. for the most part. Cool. Alright, so I kind of want to move things along. Uh, we have 15 minutes before uh, we kind of need to wrap things up. I want to get to the questions, uh, especially from... Damn, we went long. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we went long. long. But before we get to the questions, I want to do a shout-out that we'll be doing at the end of every podcast from now on, uh, especially for the $5 and $10 tier patrons. So at our do-gooder $5 tier, we have Parsnip Paradigm and James B. at the $5 tier. At the Hero $10 tier, we have Hate Mail hanging out. And we have... And we have three new patrons this month as well at the Civilian tier. Uh, William I., Backfire COH and Ventus One. So thanks you guys for becoming patrons, and uh, you are all eligible into our draw at the uh, at the end of the show. And uh, maybe not hate mail. 
<laughs> but we'll get to the questions that we have from you guys here in chat on Reddit and on Patreon. So let's get to the Patreon questions first. Parsnip Paradigm. Let's asks, rapid fire these. Yeah. Parsnip Paradigm asks, I'm on a quest to get uh, Wonder Woman POT to L5. Uh, I know you probably all have one or more L5s already, looking at you, Kibo. But uh, which would you say be your most likely candidate for L5 and why? So let's say for those who don't already have L5, or let's say your next L5. So let's go, since I know hate mail has a lot, I'll leave uh, hate mail to last. Uh, Kage, which, is your, which would be your first L5? I, um, hmm, probably Wonder Woman Coda. Ooh, okay, Why? She has a really interesting kit, and she has no bad upgrades. Uh-huh. And to see her retaliate with her double strike and then an AOE, that is beautiful to watch. Okay. And so I like her character design. So I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna L5 all the Wonder Woman first. I'm gonna, I'm, I have the shards for Wonder Woman Coda. Uh-huh. DOJ's on the way. Uh-huh. I'm about ninety shards off. Uh-huh. And then Pot, a uh, few shards off. Cool. So I'll get them all to L5, and then Wonder Girl next. <laughs> so all the uh, Amazon Amazonians, <laughs> Amazonian Fury, baby, <laughs> death by snoo snoo, death by snoo snoo. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, we know that uh, Ogre's first L five was chemo, but who's the next one? I have Lobo also. Oh, you have Lobo L five too. Okay, then who's the next? Yes, one I do. Who's the next? Uh, one I think I have I think three or four characters currently sitting and capable of L5. Uh-huh. And I've been debating this for a long time, whether I want to take them to L5. Right now, I'm leaning towards Cheetah might be L5. Uh-huh. But as a caveat, I'm also really excited for the characters that are coming next month. I might make uh-huh. one of them. Okay, fair. Cool. Hate mail. So I know you have a lot of L5s. Um, is there one that you want to get to L5 soon? I'm actually farming Legendary Essence right now. Okay. What was I going to do? Like, as we're talking? Yeah, (laughs) I have it going. (laughs) I'm hitting wordplay over and over while we're we're talking. Actually, I use Switch Control, which I've been leery about letting that out. It's an iOS built-in thing to kind of let you tap the screen over and over, and it pushes buttons for you. So I was thinking about making a video and being nice to the community, because you can get about an hour, maybe two hours worth of um, Legendary Essence grinding done while you're if you tap at the screen enough beforehand cool. but anyway i just oh i did i took hippo to l5 this morning for that Yay. team i wanted to test cool. and then i think nice. yes, the day before yesterday i did take a little bit of l5 finally but i did not do his legendary upgrade mm-hmm. on his own it's so oh, worth sure. it dude i'm telling you i'm larry <clears throat> but <laughs> so and i took siren and cheetah to legendary five a couple days ago too Okay. So for because I wanted to test the bleed teams. But anyway, I have a ton of legendary five characters now. I've been slow. My first one, ironically, was Supergirl. Oh. I did that before the legendary change, the changes to make it a lot easier than it used to be. She was my hard grind legendary five. That was only because I messed up her legendary order. But now that she's been reworked, I'm happy I had it. I know that feeling. So that kind of brings me back around to my next, like, uh, my L5 pick. So I my first L5 was Superman and probably going to be my last L5, but um, you, you never know. I might I have a lot of L5 capable characters right now. And if I was going to L5 a character for non-preference uh, reasons, it'd probably be um, Arcus, just because I kind of messed up his order too. Quote, well, arguably messed up his legendary order because I didn't get his uh, death immunity, and that's the last upgrade to get on him, right? For me. 
So I might get it uh, just for the sake of getting it. Um, but then I don't really use Arcus that much more because I replaced him on my, a lot of my teams with Starfire. So if I if Starfire becomes really accessible in the future, I might get Starfire to L5, but I probably won't. If I had to pick a character that I want to get to L5 for, like, let's say resources weren't a question, weren't, a, weren't an issue, I'd probably get Mira to L5 because Mira is probably... It's probably one of the characters I think are has the best well-rounded kit that doesn't even need any tweaking, doesn't need any changes, maybe aside from the profile pick. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Get over it, Kage. <laughs> I think Mira, like, you know, Fenella Calapeno already gave her the, uh, the what is it called, the retirement package. FTRP. Right. So, you know, and I can see why he did that, because she's really, really good. All her upgrades are good. Everything about her is good. So, you know, I'd probably take, if I had to pick a, you know, on paper type of choice, that'd probably be, Mira would probably be my pick there. So. And if you want to go meta, one character, a couple characters, Swamp Thing, Constantine, they don't have bad upgrades. I mean, every yep. single one of them are great. Yep. So. Yep. I never. Yeah, there's a handful of too. characters that are just really good all the way around. Princess Themyscira is definitely one of them, so kudos yeah, to you for getting that. All the Wonder Woman actually have pretty decent upgrades. I mean, DOJ, you don't really need her third ability to do the cooldown on her AoE, yeah. but the other ones all have great upgrades. Fair enough. All right, let's get to the next question then. So, Backfire COH says, what are your tanking suggestions or alternatives in a post-Wonder Girl gamescape? Go ahead, honestly, honestly, I would go with the new character, Giganta. She is... Probably the best tank against Wonder Girl. Ironically enough. Bane, maybe, as another option, too? I don't like Bane. Bane, Bane just didn't... Cause he, Bane would just kill your team. Yeah, Bane, get your uh, team, team killed. Okay. Hmm. How about... um, What's his name? Cyborg Superman. He's not bad, but he does that 10 crit chance up. Uh, on I can't remember which ability. So, boulder ability. It says yeah. Boulder. Yeah. I'm going to argue that your tankiness is now actually going to come from the passive of Supergirl. Oh, okay. So Supergirl's up there in the tankiness. Kind of yeah, I, I would highly agree with that because I, I bring Supergirl often against Wonder Girl teams for that reason. Because she doesn't do a lot of buffs and she keeps the crits and the crits are what kill you from Wonder Girl. Actually, yeah, her, like I was saying before damage. earlier, her base damage isn't like terribly great. It's when she starts doubling damage and critting that you're going to die. Yeah, so she doesn't need a nerf. Everyone just needs to get Supergirl. <laughs> Guess what PvP week it is? Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl's definitely a good choice. And old Aquaman works pretty well, too, because he doesn't cast a lot of buffs until later. And early on, she won't nuke your team down as easy. Yep. Aquaman's definitely yeah, a good choice. Aquaman is one of those characters that right now is a prime time to use him. Yeah. If you have him, use him. His crit immunity is amazing. He's also very versatile. I love his kit. So his kit has so much going for it. So yeah. I'll be honest. Of all my bleeders, he's probably the one that I try to squeeze in the most. Let's see here. What was it? All right, next question. Ventus1 asks, question about Terra. With her uh, HC, I got her frags to L3. What is the best legendary order for Terra? And I want to use her instead of Steppenwolf. Don't have him legendary as a support against Batgirl teams. So what do you guys think about Terra? Let's say, okay, her legendary order first. You, you need one. Anything That's else? That's it. A after that, like, it kind of varies depending on how you build and what you're building around and what you're trying to do with her, I think. All right. Hey, what do you think for Terra? 
Hang on, I was looking her up because I couldn't remember all of her stuff off okay. the top of my head. One, uh, one, two, three, one is what I like. Mm-hmm. I like one, three. <laughs> yep. One and three, I think, are the two two that I was more high on than mm-hmm. the others. But I know one one was the one that was the most important. Mm-hmm. So basically her two offensive moves. <laughs> yeah. Because you want that heal immunity because you, it helps against so many other things. What would you take as a third then? Because he has L3. I think her first passive is pretty good, isn't it? I think I went with her two and I can't remember why. I need to look at her kit. In front of her, but I have my okay. thing going. Isn't her so two like stun immunity or something? Oh yeah, her two is stun immunity, and it's actually pretty good. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 it's crit immunity. Oh, that is yeah, really crit good. immunity. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's very important right now, actually. So yeah, one, one, two, three is probably where you want to be at. Yeah. Like I said, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> is, is that legitimately her order? No, no, it probably no. is. No, that's the <laughs> no. We know the joke on our last podcast. We were talking about how we were going to change. It's like one, three, two, four, five, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's one, three, two, four, five. Yeah. But uh, we were gonna—I was going to troll the community and then change all the legendary orders to one, two, three, four, five, and just put recommend all. Just legendary get everybody L five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be, everyone be a whale. whale, or whale or bust. L five or bust. Yeah. yeah. But to, to to be fair, to answer got to compete in that Titans event, right? <laughs> to be to be fair, to answer the second part of the question, where he asks to re- use her as a replacement for Steppenwolf, I think she's great. She's fine, especially if you have other characters with can't miss abilities. So one being probably the most important upgrade uh, to take first. The main thing is that I think she's actually better than Steppenwolf with the current uh, Wonder Girl meta, because she she brings the can't miss and doesn't bring a lot of buffs along to trigger Wonder uh, Wonder Girl. So you could take care of the Batgirl teams. She does, but you can choose not to use those. You right. don't have to rely on exactly. her buffs. You're right. You don't, you don't need Steppenwolf to be able to hit them, right? You don't need those buffs to hit them. So, for example, if you play a team, if, if there's a general, let's say, like the uh, the girl power team that I was talking before with the Wonder Girl... I'm oh, sorry, Wonder Girl, Batgirl, uh, Power Girl, and uh, Supergirl, for example, or even the more evasive teams with Harley Quinn, for example. You can bring Terra along with Cheetah, for example, who also does, has a uh, can't-miss Starfire. It, again, another can't-miss. Uh, Cheetah is not actually a can't-miss. Be careful, right? because when you get an eight-stack of evasion Harley Quinn, you actually do run into a chance. Oh, that's fair enough. So if you have enough evasion on her, so it's almost a can't-miss... But it it's two hundred percent hit chance. Yeah. So there's a there's at a point where you know you can miss. It's unlikely, but you can. It's possible. What other characters? Yeah, and I just wanted to point that out because there's there's a couple of moves that gain a hundred percent hit chance. Her and Lex Luthor being the two notable ones. Right. But just be aware, you can't actually miss if they get enough evasion, which can be troublesome with like a siren. Yeah. If they're just kind of sitting there and have a bunch of speed downs or something. Cyborg is like that too, right? He gets 100%, so he doesn't get can't miss. So Yeah, he doesn't get a can't miss. He gets a yeah. plus 100%. Also, who's the other characters uh, I was thinking of right now? Right off the tip of my tongue. Can't remember it now anymore. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that to deal with those Batgirl evasive teams, I guess characters with more actual can't miss. Oh, sorry. Deadshot Higher Gun. There you go. Deadshot Higher Gun has a straight up can't miss. Takes out. He Wonder actually Girl. can't miss, yeah. Right. Takes out Wonder Girl. Even through a, bun- a bunch of evasions, no problem, right? So there you go. Let's move on to another question here. So uh, from Duloth. All right. So Duloth asks, uh, what would you do if gear 12 hits without any way to gain more XP orbs or gear? 
Well, we know it's not happening. So is this a hypothetical at it's this point? Hypothetical. Yeah, it's a hypothetical question. What would you do if, let's say, the next day they announced Gear 12 with pretty much little to no notice and the way, the resource farming bottleneck is where it is right now? I would probably start crying. And I mean, I would probably curl up into a field. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I would probably just keep playing the game the way I have been. I probably wouldn't go to Guild 12 just yet. Let everybody else figure that out first. <laughs> Let right. the whales figure it out. <laughs> All right, whale. I don't know if I would <laughs> whale anymore. For, right? If if that was the case, if uh, if it went to gear twelve without any additional resource, any, especially if it's anytime soon, not a very long time out. I don't. I don't know. I think that might be it for. I might have to go free play. All right. Here, here here's a question for you guys. A hypothetical. What if gear twelve only required one of every piece of material available, and like literally getting gear twelve was just a thank you because you got to level 80 to get it. I could see if it was a level 80 requirement, it just you got to level 80 and then it moves to a higher gear level by, you, like you said, a minimal cost. That wouldn't be a bad thing. It would give you a reason to go 80. Yeah, because right now there's no reason to get to 80 and it's incredibly difficult to do so. All right, so let's blow through these a little bit quickly because it's a... Uh... Kage, if you need to take off, just take off and we'll keep going without you. All right. All right, see you guys later. Okay, all right. Peace out, man. Later, bud. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's blow through these questions a little bit quickly then. So uh skip over that one. Then it's uh, Decimage asks a Wonder Girl Legendary three to take the debuff legendary for more balance or not to take it for more offense. Uh, in parentheses free AOEs. What do you guys think? I personally like the debuffing that it or the purging okay. that it provides, but I mean I get the argument. Okay. I also get the argument, but I am heavily in favor of taking the three first because the characters that you want to use her again use her against are going to be high buff characters and they need those buffs to do something so getting rid of those buffs make you more powerful and win matches faster it's better than doing more damage in my opinion right here's my uh my my logic behind the whole idea of the free aoes if you want more free aoes you want the match to be longer so if you're doing more more damage over a longer period of time Things are probably not going to work out for you in the end. So you probably want things to go faster, as Hate was saying, right? That's the kind of reason why she's there. So uh, in my personal opinion, getting the legendary, uh, just like you guys are saying, definitely in favor of that. Uh, you want to keep like you know their team as clean as possible of buffs so that you can just you know wrap things up quickly. So Yeah, like here's my counter-argument to that. Oh, you don't have the buff purging. Oh, look. Power Girl has all these strength ups and death immunity. I'm going to hit her. Oh, she's basically dead, but she had death immunity, so she doesn't die. Oh, look, she's at full overheal again and killed my team. Okay, well, I guess that answers that. We, we pretty much all agree that you should take the, the, the legendary. Okay, so Dio Brando asks, if you guys were Pokemon, which Pokemon would you be? He already stole my answer, so... <laughs> so what's the answer? What is the Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hate doesn't know pop culture, guys. But I would probably be Snorlax. Yeah. So explain to those viewers what is a Snorlax. <laughs> Big, powerful, doesn't move really fast. But if he gets you, you're done. And he sleeps all day. <laughs> I do know. Yeah, what and he sleeps and eats, and that's all he is. Yeah. But I honestly have no idea. I do know what a Pokemon is, but I have no idea any other Pokemon other than the yellow one. All right. How about you describe? Oh, your... the Pikachu. Yeah, that one. It would be a whale lord, just so everybody knows. Hey, if you could describe yourself as an animated (laughs) little monster, right? What abilities, what type of things would you be? What would you have? Uh, I I missed it with 
uh, Ogre's laugh cut out a little bit of it. So I was saying, if you could describe yourself as one of those little animated monsters then, what kind of abilities would you have? What would you be like? So if Ogre is like a big monster who just sleeps all day and eats, but then when, when he wakes up, he'll just destroy you. That's like Ogre, right? So what would you be? Whatever abilities is similar to the Flash is what I would always envision wanting as a, a superpower. As so something fast, something fast. Fast lightning, agile. something like that. Uh, so he'd be a ninja, maybe? Could be. I would, I'd probably see him as the old school. Or, or a young mega? I'm thinking Hitmon Chen or Hitmon Lee. Like the, the guy. I was, I was originally thinking Meowth so he could use Payday, but. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. No, yeah, yeah that, that, that's it. That's exactly what it is. You're Meowth. He's Meowth. So, he's, to be fair, he's also in the show, the only Pokemon that actually talks English or Japanese, depending on what you're watching, but yeah. he's the only one that actually talks people language. So. He's a he's a Pokemon that's basically a cat that has a, like coins as part of his uh, kit, his abilities, and his abilities is like literally throwing money around. So, yeah, I could see that being hate. There you go, hate. You've been dubbed the Meowth. For me, there we go. For me, I'd be uh, Kadabra. So along amongst the three now amongst the evolution of these Pokemon, there's Abra, Kadabra, and Alakazam. Abra is the base Pokemon for those of you guys who don't know, and Alakazam is the max level. Uh, I think there's there might be more. I don't, I'm I'm an old school Pokemon nerd, so I don't know the new fang. Well, there's probably the Mega Evolution now for sure, Alakazam, whatever. but that's beside the point. The, the reason why I didn't pick Alakazam, the ultimate form, is because well, when I grew up playing Pokemon, Alakazam was probably like the best, one of the best Pokemon. You haven't been traded? No, I have. I have. I had a lot of po- uh, Alakazam. I had a team of six Alakazams. Well, no, I'm saying have. you haven't been traded. No, I haven't been traded. Yes, to become Alakazam. Fair enough. But the reason why I see myself as uh, Kadabra and not Abra, for example. Abra is like a little, you know, weenie little guy that can't really do much. Kadabra, he's getting there. He's got his, he's got enough power, but he's sort of like that guy that needs to manipulate things. That needs that he's pretty good on his own, but needs a little bit more effort. And where Alakazam, he's pretty much a standalone one man army type of thing, right? Like he just destroys everybody. So I'm not Alakazam, but I'm no Abra. I'm Kadabra. <laughs> That's where I put myself. So, well, to be fair, the Abra's description is that he sleeps all day and he actually uses telekinetic powers to sense when people are around and just teleports away. Yeah, and Kadabra and Kadabra is basically just like he's a little bit like Abra, but more offensive, but not as offensive as Alakazam. So, yeah, that's kind of you're offensive, DP. You're offensive. <laughs> I was gonna think of like a really boring character, like a, like a maybe like an Onyx or something like that, or something that's like just doesn't do much. Onyx and Steelix are awesome. You shut your face. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking of a character that's boring and, and bland. So I was trying to think of something. Like, maybe so Ditto. Be like <laughs> Machoke or something. <laughs> you want a conversation that's boring? <laughs> just listen to this podcast. Fair enough. All right, <laughs> moving. Uh, we got a question here from our good old hate mail there. It says, uh, with the game being considered ancient, do you see things, uh, do you see this game going al- going alive and uh, and well for a long time? Mainly for Ogre after being there. So, after being at uh, Warner Brothers San Francisco. Yeah, just the long-term I, content plans, etc. I do not see it ending anytime soon with some of the stuff that they're talking about, like, just how vague they were talking about it. But, like, I mean, I'm really excited to see what's coming because, like I said, the end of the year, they have stuff that they want to come out with. And the designer, when he was talking to me, was really excited about these things. So I'm really excited to see what happens. Cool. So it's good. To can you that. give us any feedback? I don't know how much or what you can say on this, but 
last time you visited, you kind of hinted on certain things that were coming that we really never saw between your last visit and now, and that was quite some time ago. So any feedback on... Back in February. Yeah, why... I mean, I guess it's been about six months. So, you know, what... If there was any obstacles or what they had planned or, you know... Well, I mean, yes, there's been obstacles for them. But also keep in mind, remember how I said last time, it's not that they don't want to bring you all the characters you want. It's not that they don't... They want to do them justice. They're fans of it just as much as we are, and they don't want to put out a crap product. So that gives me hope that things are going to get nice and polished before... You know. Like, to me, if you have a game that's designed by people that don't enjoy it or don't want to be there, you can tell. Yeah. And when you look at DC, you can tell that they're fans. Fair enough. And honestly, to me, that is something that's going to keep this game alive. That's well, mine was kind of more in, in line with maybe PvE content, because we kind of all expected to have seen it by now, and we haven't really... Obviously, we haven't seen it yet, so... Right, and... I know I said last time it wasn't going to be first quarter, and then there was an issue on Reddit where somebody was taking me out of context and said it was going to be by second quarter, and that's not what I said. Wait, by the end of the year is what I had said, not first quarter, by the end of the year. So again, wait till November for the two-year anniversary or December for the you know holiday hype. Those are about the best I can give you, unfortunately. Fair enough. Okay. Sounds good. So let's wrap things up with our giveaway, our first Oddsman monthly giveaway. And since this is the first one and it's a special episode. Hate mail uh, wins, yay! <laughs> what? No, we, no, no. <laughs> we decided to give away uh, two $10 gift certificates, a total of $20 gift, uh, sorry, gift cards for either iTunes or Google Play, depending on your platform, uh, to uh, any of our patrons at the $1 or higher uh, tier, other than hate mail. Ex- so. Excluding whales, known as hate mail. <laughs> whales are used to getting the short end of the stick with stuff. <laughs> so on our show notes, I actually have an order of uh, people who have become patrons uh, at the dollar rank or higher, and who have also asked questions. So those who've uh, posted questions on our Patreon page get a second entry into the draw. So what I have in front of me now is a 10-sided die. I'm going to roll this twice uh, and see what comes up. And part of the rules here, because we're giving two gift cards away, you cannot win twice, just to be fair. okay? So if you win once, your name's going to be pulled from this draw, and then I'm going to keep uh, keep going after that. So drum roll. First roll. Two. Backfire COH. You get the first $10 gift card. Huzzah! And then second one. And number five. Parsnip's Paradigm. So Backfire COH and Parsnip Paradigm are your winners. So you uh, you guys, I'll contact you guys on uh, Patreon and to figure out how to get you guys your cards. So most likely it'll probably be delivered to you sometime early August uh, after all everything is said and done. All right, so if you don't see anything by the end of July, don't worry. You'll get it. It'll come in time. So uh, Parsnips Paradigm and Backfire COH, congratulations. You are our first winners. And for all of you guys out there, just to remind you, as long as we hit the $30 goal, we're currently at $23, $24, I believe. So if we hit the $30 goal, we'll be giving away at least one $10 gift card every month at the end of our second podcast. So... Uh, stay tuned for that. If you guys haven't already, consider becoming a patron uh, on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theoddsmen. So you can be eligible again for these giveaways 
by becoming a patron of at least $1 or more. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media at Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, at The Oddsman, and at YouTube.com slash The Oddsman. So I'm wrapping things up there. Uh, Ogre, any last words? Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I'm going to go take a nap. Uh, hey. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary. And for everyone else, after the week after this drops, check out We Are Legends. You can find us at patreon.com slash wearelegends. That's three R's. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube slash C slash hate mail and all those other places. <laughs> so if you guys didn't know, yeah, check out We Are Legends uh, coming up again next week after ours. And uh, we are going bi-weekly and so is uh, We Are Legends. So uh, every week you should be having more content from either one of our group, our podcasts. So there you go. And uh this may not be our last crossover, so there may be other opportunities for us and the Legends crew to cross over again. So, with that, good night, guys. Good night, everyone. And now for the winner's circle. I did not get the results for the Showdown Arena, which is the villain gem blitz. So if anybody has those numbers, could you please send them my way? Or tag me in a post. For the Wraith Arena, ending on 723.18 for Supergirl, the world's finest was John Mox with 4,854 points. Congratulations, John Mox. Top 35 cutoff was 2,617 points, and top 100 cutoff was 2,427 points. The top alliance for the weeks was Destruction DC New with 117,467 points. Another alliance that I've seen in the top 10, but is relatively new and really pushed for number one, so if any of the members or the leader would like to reach out to me, we'd love to have you on the show one day. The top 10 cutoff was 48,529 points, and the top 100 cutoff was 22,485 points. Congratulations to everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Oddsman Broadcast. Be sure to check out the next episode of We Are Legends coming up next week. <laughs>